Hey there, and welcome to the Rock Reavers podcast. Here we are all about believing and proclaiming the word. We're totally given to true worship and obedient in taking the gospel to the nations through missions. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you'll be blessed by this message. It's good to see you today. Thank you very much. Ah, you look very good from here. And there is a word of God for you in the house of God. Praise the name of the Lord. The Bible says that Jesus is the bread of heaven that came down from heaven. And he was born in the town of Bethlehem, which means the house of bread. And today Bethlehem is not a place. Bethlehem has become the church of Jesus Christ. So when we come to church, we come to eat of the bread of heaven. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want us to go straight into the word of God in the name of the Lord. Thank you very much. Pastor Stan Klaus for uh, praying that I have agility of thoughts. I know that next time I'm going to pray for somebody, I'll use the same word so that I can sound deep. But I normally have agility of thoughts. He has just asked for multiplication of that in the name of the Lord. The book of Joshua chapter 1. <laughs> Are we going to move from Joshua chapter 1? Ah, praise the Lord. Verse 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all these people, unto the land which I do give unto them, even to the children of Israel. Verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. Verse 4, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, towards the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. Praise the name of the Lord. Ah, hallelujah. If you can hear me, just lift up your, your hands so that I, I know, yes, I can see those hands in the name of the Lord. Now, the Bible tells us in the book of Genesis chapter number 12, if you look at, and, and, and um, I'm going to tie this with the subject of today, which is destiny keys. Hallelujah. The Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get out of thy country and out of thy... Do we have it? Yes. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land where I will show you or into a land that I will show you. I will make thee a great... I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. God was speaking to Abraham when he was still in the land of Mesopotamia. And he told Abraham, there is a land that I want to give to you. But for me to give you this land, you have to get out. Tell your neighbor it's time to get out. 
He told Abraham, get thee out of thy country and out of thy people and out of your father's house into a land that I am going to show you. In other words, he was living in a place that he was used to. But God was calling him into a land that he will show him. God did not specify the land. God did not give him the map to the place. Hallelujah. In other words, God was telling Abraham, I want you to stop living by what you see and start living by revelation. Because he says, into a land that I will show you. So, so long as you are not walking with me, and so long as you are not relating with me, and so long as you are not in fellowship with me, then you are never going to get into that land. Because God says, into a land that I will show you. There is a land that God wants to show you. Hallelujah. But you have to get out of your father's house. Praise the name of the Lord. You have to get out of the tendencies of where you were born. Hallelujah. And he says, into a land that I will show you. And we know the story that Abraham left. And this is not the sermon for today. But when he left, he left in partial obedience. Because he was told, leave the land of Mesopotamia and leave your father's house and leave your relatives and go into a land that I will show you. But he decided to carry Lot with him because he was a nice guy. Lot was his relative, his nephew. God had said, every person related to you, except Sarah, your wife, they should remain behind. But he decided to become the nice guy and play church. That we are going to go, even if God has said, I leave you behind. Let me tell you, the problem of bringing Lot with him was two things. Number one, if you partially disobey God, you are going to get into unnecessary warfare. Are you with me? Praise the name of the Lord. Because this guy called Lot, he decided to go and pitch his tent near Sodom. And as a matter of fact, when time passed, the Bible tells us that he found himself inside of Sodom. He was captured when war broke out. And when news reached Abraham that Lot had been captured, this guy had to train an army because of one man he should have left behind. It will cost you to partially disobey God, to partially obey God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number two, it will bring unnecessary strife. Because he who had the voice of God was Abraham. That you get out and I will bless you. And so when he got out and Lot also followed him, <laughs> Lot was following a blessed man. And so he had to be blessed by default. Ah, uh, who are you following? Bwana Sifiwe. When you follow a blessed man, the blessing rubs onto you. That is why when you follow a billionaire, you are going to become a billionaire shortly. Hallelujah. When you follow a preacher closely, you are going to become one by default. Praise the Lord. And so Lot became blessed the same way Abraham was blessed. And they were too blessed that they could not be able to share the same space. And so, Abraham decides to 
make things good. And he tells Lot, you know, there is no need for our people to fight. I want you to look at the land and take that which works for you, that which you like, and I will take the other one. So if you go to the right, I will go to the left. If you go to the left, I will go to the right. They had to separate. And the Bible says that after Lot had separated from Abraham, the Lord came to Abraham and said, Now lift up your eyes unto the north and the south and the east and the west. As far as your eyes can see, that land I have given to you. Praise the name of the Lord. Now Lot, may, Lot as a matter of fact, could only have gone to the four cardinal points. Either he went to the north, or he went to the west, or he went to the east, or he went to the south. In other words, even the place where Lot had gone, God had given to Abraham. Hallelujah. There was a land that was promised to Abraham and to his descendants. And we know also, God told Abraham that your descendants are going to be slaves in a foreign country for 400 years. But after 400 years, I will come and deliver them. And I will give them the land which I have shown you. Hallelujah. So there was a land for Abraham and his descendants. There was a promise that God had given Abraham and his descendants. And that promise, Pastor K, was given to Abraham when he was still without a child. Hallelujah. I don't want to get into that. But the Bible says that as, as, as far as your eyes can see, I will give you that land. Praise the name of the Lord. And so, even as the children of Israel are going to Egypt, and it is food that took them to Egypt. Somebody said some few weeks ago that hunger can make people go back to their former ways of life. You know, hunger can make people go back to Egypt. Every time Israel went to Egypt, it was because they were hungry. That is how important food is to you. And the Bible says, after 400 years, I am going to come and deliver them. These were people that were slaves for many years. Four centuries, 400 years, and God raised a deliverer in the name of Moses. And he said, go to Egypt and tell Pharaoh, let my people go that they may worship me. In fact, he tells Moses that I have heard their cry, I have seen their struggles, and I have come to deliver them. And after you have removed them out of Egypt, they will come into this land so that they can worship me. So they were to be evacuated or to be removed from Egypt so that they can go to the promised land or to the land that Abraham had seen many years ago. And that land, they were to worship God there. Are you with me? And the Bible says, I don't want to get into so much of that, but I want it to come to your attention that it took God, like we were told here last Sunday, that to get out of Egypt, God was involved. But to stay out of Egypt, you have to be involved. Praise the name of the Lord. 
So the miracles in Egypt, 10 of them, they are called the plagues. God was in action. And by the time of the 10th miracle or the 10th plague, Pharaoh decided to let the children of Israel go that they may worship God in the land that Abraham had seen. And the Bible says that Moses led them out of the land of Egypt into the wilderness. Hallelujah. And that is the book of Exodus. And in the wilderness we have Numbers and we have Deuteronomy. And then we have the book of Joshua. When we come to the book of Joshua, we are done with Abraham, the one who received the promise. Then we are done with Moses. As the Bible says, now Moses, my servant, is dead. We are done with the wilderness. Now we have come to the brink of entering the promised land. And there are certain things that we have to do so that we can enter the promised land. Hallelujah. There are certain obligations that we have to abide to so that we can enter the promised land. That land that Abraham saw many years ago, the north and the east and the west and the south, they had come to the border of it and they were about to enter. And Moses was dead. So it was time for Joshua to take the children of Israel to the land that Abraham had seen. Hallelujah. And I want to share with us four things or what we call the four destiny keys that it will take for you to enter the promised land. Pastor Kevin, the miracles were reducing with time. When they were in Egypt, there were miracles every day. You wake up in the morning, you find manna. You find quails. You want water. There is a rock that is following you. Every time you want water, it produces water for you. But when they got to the wilderness, the miracles kept reducing. Meaning that as you grow in your spiritual life, you have to be weaned out of miracles. Ah, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. There is no way you will get a job as a miracle and your CV is in disorder. Ah, uh, you can't say amen there. Praise the name of the Lord. There is no way you are going to get the man of your dreams and you as a woman, you are nobody's dream. Hallelujah. You have a list. I want a guy that looks like Pastor Doc, you know. I want a guy that, you know, he's tall like Pastor Kev. I want a guy that drives what Pastor Stan is driving. You, what are you driving? Hallelujah. The miracles are going to reduce with your spiritual growth. Because we have to move from a place of miracles to a place of methods. Hallelujah. Many of us want miracles to substitute our mediocrity. Yeah. You want a good marriage you are not working on. You want a career growth that you are doing nothing about. You want a business that you are doing nothing about. All your time is TikTok and Instagram. But you are saying, Lord, bless my business. No, forget it. No miracle comes to people that are disorderly and disorganized. Can I get a better amen? 
Hallelujah. The miracles God will do for you will reduce with your maturity. As a matter of fact, miracles are for unbelievers and for the immature. Hallelujah. Say my amen. Ya If you are expecting a miracle this week, it will follow the obedience of a method. Hallelujah. You will not sit in the house and somebody will say, I check your impressor. God has told me to send you money. No. It will not happen. You have to go and put your hands to work. Hallelujah. If you want your marriage to work, you have. I'm so happy PMCC is starting today. <laughs> and by the way, where is Pastor Kogi? I forgot to say that you're getting married. You know, there are people here who want to, who may want to. Where is Pasi? Ah, wherever he is. Akowapi. He left, eh? By the way, Pastor Kogi is getting married, and I said last Sunday. If you have any reason why they should not be married, please go to the nearest police station. And say these ones are not supposed to be together. Now, I was saying, if you want your marriage to work, you have to take your wife on a date. Yani, you ladies can't even say amen. There is no miraculous marriage. Hallelujah. There is no miraculous business, oh. You have to put your hands to work. Miracles will reduce with your maturity. That is why your children, when they, were, when they are young, everything they are asking for, you give them. But can you imagine you have a 17-year-old who keeps crying for candy on the streets when you go to, to rivers. You will say, I don't want that kind of behavior. Because I told you every time I give you your pocket money, you have to give 10% and you have to save the other 10%. And you consume 80 And in as much as you have enough to give the child, you are not going to entertain immaturity to somebody that you expect to have moved away from being given things all the time. Hallelujah. You will have to put your hands to work. Hallelujah. So, here they are. They are to enter the land. But this, there's going to be a partnership. In Egypt, God did it all. As we move towards the promised land, we have to collaborate. You have to do your part. Praise the name of the Lord. The first destiny key to enter into the promised land is the knowledge of the promised land. You must know what God has promised. Not everything you want, God will give to you. Hallelujah. The Bible says, Pastor Julie, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Not everything you desire and you want to enter into as the promised land of God for you, God will do for you. Because there are those desires that come from delighting in the word of God. And there are those desires that come from you. So which one will God give? God will only give what he has promised. Tell your neighbor that. Hallelujah. The first key is knowledge of the promised land. You must know what God has promised. You must know the specifications of the promise. So that you know what is not the promise. 
Because there are things that will come to you that will look like God's blessing, but it is not God's blessing. Uh, let me preach this side because they are saying amen. There are men who will come to ask you for marriage. They look like men of God, but they are Boko Haram. May God expose every Boko Haram in your life. Hey, men that do not want to pay dowry. Men that want to marry you in the coffee plantation. You will be married in church when everybody sees. Hallelujah. Sema Amina. Last Sunday we were told that don't give him the lips, the hips, and the fingertips. There are those who are coming and they are looking for the, those hips. You must know what God has promised so that you know what God has not promised. Hallelujah. Knowledge of the promised land. Bible says in Joshua chapter 1 verse 1 to 4, God is giving the specifications. And he said verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given unto you, as I said to Moses. Verse 4 he says, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your cause. God is specifying the boundaries. Hallelujah. Everything that you want that is not within the boundaries of what God has said will never be blessed of God. You can invent your own promised land. Let me tell you, God would have given Joshua the whole world as we know it. But he specified the boundaries. He was not given Africa. He was not given the Americas. He was not given Australia. He was told the specifications of the place that I will give to you. You must know what God has promised you. And that is only possible when we know the word of God. Praise the name of the Lord. The promises of God are in the word of God. Hallelujah. The promises of God are in the word of God. You cannot enter into a land whose specifications you do not know. You must know, have knowledge of what God has promised. Praise the Lord. I remember God tell Abraham that as far as your eyes can see, vision. And then he tells Joshua, every place that your foot shall step upon, action. Your vision and your action must be within the boundaries of the scriptures. I wish I got a better amen. Praise the name of the Lord. What I am trying to say is that God will not give you everything you want. God will give you what he wants. And what he wants, he has put it in the word of God. Hallelujah. And from today, I pray in the name of the Lord that you are going to be a person of the word of God. 
Let everything that you want be inspired by the scriptures. Let your desires be as a result of delighting in the Lord. To delight is to look upon, to gaze, to admire. When you delight in the Lord, the desires of the Lord will be transferred to be your desires. And so everything that you will be desiring, God will do it because the two desires are not two, they are the same. They are one thing. But when you are separated from the scriptures, you will want things that God will never bless. Hallelujah. The first key is knowledge of what God has promised. That is found in the word of God. Praise the Lord. Let me give you the second key. Today I'll finish quickly and early so that we can pray. After understanding the specifications of the promise, Joshua knew what God had promised. God told him the boundaries. He told him about the territories he wants to give him. And Joshua put that in his mind. Key number two is found in Joshua chapter 2 verse 1. The Bible says in Joshua 2 verse 1, And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into the harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. The second key to entering the promised land is identification, infiltration, and intelligence. Hallelujah. Identification, infiltration, and intelligence. Now let me explain. Joshua knew the land that God had promised him. And the Bible says that he sent two spies to go and spy the land. He was specific about the place they were supposed to take. Now, I need to tell you at this time that there were many cities in the promised land. But Joshua identified Jericho. And he sent two spies so that they can be able to infiltrate the Jericho system and find out how are we going to take and possess this land. By gathering intelligence. Now what am I saying? Let me jump into it very fast. It is very important to know that in as much as you know what God has promised you and what city you are supposed to take, you must take your time to identify which city is this that God has promised me. Then you infiltrate that city or that system and you collect information so that you can use that information to know how to take the city. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So if God has called you into real estate, you cannot go into real estate by faith. You have to go and check what happens in this space. You have to get a mentor in real estate. You have to read a book about real estate. You have to take a master class about real estate. Hallelujah. You are not going to take Jericho by faith. Hallelujah. The city of Jericho is taken. It is not given. Faith is not foolishness. That you are running a business and you are doing nothing about it. You want to release an album. You are doing nothing about it. You are not reading about albums. You are not researching about production. You are not looking at what is happening in the marketplace as we speak. And you want 
to possess the land called music album and to become a person that has one million views on YouTube, it is not going to happen. You must identify what God has promised you. Then you must enter, infiltrate that city and collect intelligence before you come to design your overtaking strategy. Hallelujah. What are you doing about what God has promised you? What are you doing about the prophetic word over your life? You're just praying and fasting. It will not happen. I am telling you with my eyes open. Hallelujah. You must do something about it. Praise the name of the Lord. You must identify the city, infiltrate the city, so that you can collect intelligence against the city. So that when you retreat, you know how you will come and take the city with less resistance and maximum productivity. Reducing the number of casualties. How informed are you about where you are going? You want to get married. And you know nothing about marriage. One of the best ways of identifying, infiltrating, and gathering intelligence is coming for PMCC. So that you are told how that Jericho looks like. Hallelujah. What has God called you to do? Are you researching about it? Are you getting a mentor for it? Are you looking for an industry captain to mentor you in that area? Are you reading a book? Many people are so knowledgeable about their subjects. But if you go to their house, they have no single book about that subject. You are never going to take the city with ignorance. You must infiltrate the system. You, there has to be a season in your life when you are studying the city you are about to enter into. Somebody that has been to that city has to tell you the size of the walls. Somebody that has been in that city has to tell you where Rahab's house is. Somebody that is in that city has to tell you what time the gates are closing. Praise the name of the Lord. You have to get information about the place where you want to take. And I pray that this message will push many of us to go and do something about where God has called us to go. Hallelujah. If God has called you into ministry, what are you doing about it? Other than praying and fasting and chasing mantles and looking for prophetic words, what are you doing about it? Yeah, chasing mantles. It is not a shortcut. People are looking for the mantle of Elijah. Others are looking for the mantle of Catherine Kuhlman. It is not there. Your mantle is the information, infiltration, and intelligence you will gather so that you know how you will be able to take the city. Somebody say amen. I'm finishing shortly. 
key number three. Joshua chapter 3, verse number 1 to 4. That's where we find the destiny key number 3. Bible says in Joshua chapter 3, verse 1, 2, and 3, and 4. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim, and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priest and the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Verse 4. Ye, yet there shall be a space between you and it about 2,000 cubits by measure, come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go. For ye have not passed this way heretofore. Key number three is awareness and recognition of God's presence. For us to be able to enter the land that God has promised us, we must be aware and we must recognize the presence of God. Pastor Stan, God told Moses that I want to dwell among my people. So build the Ark of the Covenant so that that Ark of the Covenant can be the physical representation of the presence of God. And Moses built the Ark of the Covenant according to the specifications that God had shown him in the mountain. And we know that in the days of the wilderness, the Ark of the Covenant was the place where people would find the physical representation of Elohim, of Yahweh, of God. Every time they wanted to fellowship or to inquire of God, they had to go into the tabernacle that had the Ark of the Covenant. And the Bible is telling us here in, in Joshua chapter 3 that the officers of Joshua, they were told to move into the camp and to tell each and every person in the camp that when you see the Ark of the Covenant moving, then you are going to the camp from where you are and you begin to follow the Ark of the Covenant. In other words, the Ark of the Covenant had to go ahead of you and you were to follow it from behind. Some of you are already getting it. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you that the Ark of the Covenant, which represented physically the presence of God, is no longer, the Ark of the Covenant today is no longer a piece of furniture. He has become a person. And his name is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Because Jesus is the physical representation of God. And so, when we want to encounter God, we no longer go to a physical place, but we go to a physical man. And his name is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now, the Bible tells us that these officers, they were to tell the Levites and the priests to carry the Ark of the Covenant. So, they were leading the way carrying the Ark of the Covenant, the priests from the tribe of Levi, they were the ones that were carrying the presence of God, if you like. Hallelujah. The presence of God was without the priest. 
But in the New Testament, the presence of God, which is the Ark of the Covenant, which is Jesus Christ, is no longer outside the priest. It is inside the priest of the New Testament. Praise the name of the Lord. So these priests that were being talked about here, in the New Testament, God has made us to be priests and kings. And so that Ark of the Covenant that was moving in front of the children of Israel is no longer outside the priest but inside. So both the priest and the presence are in one place. Praise the name of the Lord. And you can see the officers here are saying that when you see the priests are carrying the ark and they are moving forward, make sure there is a distance of 2,000 cubits. A cubit is the length of your hand from your finger to your elbow. So 2,000 of these. Make sure there is a distance in between where God is and where you are. Hallelujah. And the problem, these guys had an easy time because the ark of the covenant and the priest were physical representations. So they could count 2,000 cubits and keep the distance. The problem with the New Testament believer is that he is the priest and he's no longer carrying the presence with his hand. He's carrying the presence in his heart. So the priest and the presence are together. You are in me and I am in you. The problem with that is that it can bring familiarity. Hallelujah. To the extent that you are saying, I am walking with God, so every decision that I am making is the correct one. There has to be a difference between the leader and the follower. Hallelujah. And I have said here many times that Jesus should not only be resident that you are together, but he should also be president that you are apart from each other. Uh, hallelujah. Because the only way he can lead you is if he is in front of you. The Bible says here that, look at verse 4. He says, yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near it, that ye may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way before. You have to be taken where you have never been before. Uh, say a good amen. Hallelujah. Do not get so much used to the presence of God that you think every decision you are making is the correct one. In as much as God is living in you, you must always recognize that he's ahead of you. Therefore, I have to pray about every decision. I have to pray about every relationship. I have to pray about every business. I have to pray about every opportunity. Don't think because you are with God all the time, therefore you know where you are going. mungu. Hallelujah. There has to be a 2,000 cubit distance between the leader and the follower so that you can see where the leader is going and you can follow. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, we were discussing this yesterday in our connect group, that Jesus, when he went to the Jordan, Pastor Stan, he was filled by the Holy Spirit then the Holy Spirit which filled him led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. 
He that fills you must lead you. And being led means that you are a follower. You are not leading the Holy Spirit to a Christo. Hallelujah. Some of you already go to pray. You are going to pray already what you want. If you know what you want already in prayer, then don't pray about it. Because that is playing games with God. You have to go genuinely asking what is your direction concerning this matter. You must be shown the direction to the promised land. You don't lead yourself. Awareness and recognition of God's presence in your life. You must be aware that God is with you. But also you have to recognize that he's the one leading you. Don't be too familiar with God that you stop asking God for direction. There has to be a gradient between the leader and the follower. And that gradient is only created church when one person discovers that I am the worshiper and the other one is the worshipped. That is the only way you can lift up your eyes into the hills and say, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, which made the heavens and the earth. Worship builds a gradient between the worshiper and the worshipped so that you can always depend on God. God is with you everywhere you go, but also God needs to be ahead of you. If you reach a place where you are not seeing where God is going, you need to check your heart for familiarity. You are too used to the presence of God. You are so used to God, you don't pray. You are so used to God, you don't retreat. You are so used to God, you don't read the word. You are so used to God, you don't come for connect group. You, don't, you are so used to God, you don't come to church. God can speak to me even if I am in the house. God can speak to me without the fellowship of the brethren. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, familiarity will make you miss where God is taking you. There has to be a distance between the presence of God the Holy Spirit and the one that is being led so that you can see clearly where he is taking you. But if you become at par, if you become peers with God so that any of you can decide where we are going, that is the beginning of your destruction. Hallelujah. Awareness and recognition of the presence of God. And I pray in the name of the Lord today that you shall be aware of the presence of God in your life and you shall recognize him. Build a habit of keeping a distance. You are together but you are apart. You are together but you are apart. He's in you but he's outside you. In the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. I'll share the second last key which is found in the book of Joshua chapter 3 from verse 13 to 15. These are keys. This is your part to play in order for you to access the promised land, which is the destiny of God for your life. Joshua chapter 3 verse 13 to verse 15. The Bible says, And it shall come to pass 
as soon as the soles of, your, of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon a heap. Verse 14, And it came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan, and the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, and as they that bear the ark were come unto Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth all its banks all the time of harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon an heap very far from the city Adam, that is beside Zaretan. And those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. The fourth key to accessing the promised land, which is the destiny of God for your life, is living by revelation and not by reality. Hallelujah. It's a Sunday class, so I'm taking my time. Praise the Lord. Living by revelation and not by reality. The Jordan was flooded. You can go and look for a documentary about the River Jordan today and, in, and, and, and from years back. When it flooded, it was like, it was like, um, it, it was, we are told that the distance between two banks were about one mile. Which is quite a distance for a flooded river. And the Bible says that the priests were told that as they proceeded towards the Jordan, the Jordan was not going to open until they get their feet wet. And that is one of the things our preacher for last Sunday said. When they were leaving the land of Egypt, crossing the Red Sea, they were not told to put their feet in the water. Because I told you, your miracles are going to decrease with your maturity. So when they were leaving Egypt, Moses just lifted up the staff. And the Red Sea was parted. And they crossed the Red Sea without getting their feet wet. But when it comes to crossing the Jordan into the land that God has promised you, the Jordan will not open until you take a step of faith. Hallelujah. The reality is I can put my feet in the water and the water can go with me downstream. That is a possibility. That is a risky affair if we are to speak in the language of men. But in the language of heaven, that which men call a risk, the Bible calls it faith. The just shall live by faith. Those that have been justified are supposed to live by faith. That is what that scripture said. Hallelujah. The reality was that the Jordan was flooded. And you are told you have to get your feet wet so that the Jordan can part. 
Let me tell you, it is not going to happen if you don't do it by faith. Hallelujah. You have to do it by faith. You have to go down and put, and they were not testing, you know, trying to check the depth and then, and then taking their feet back. They were supposed to put their feet into the water. It is only when you put your feet into the water that it is, the Jordan is going to part. You must live by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. You must live by revelation and not by reality. Praise the name of the Lord. You must have perspective of where you are in life so that you stop thinking that everything that is happening against you is a hindrance to where you are supposed to go. Some of those things will be broken the moment you put your foot on them. Hallelujah. So sometimes, that guy that you think will never give you a job, you need to knock into their office and put your feet into that office. And that door will not just open, but the job too will open. Hallelujah. Sometimes you think the client that you will call and they will retort and abuse you. Sometimes you need to make that call. And that call that you make is the one that will say, okay, fine, you have disturbed me for a long time. I am going to part so that you can pass. You have to live by faith and not by sight. Pray the name of the Lord. Faith is the spiritual eye that sees a door where there are walls. Faith is the spiritual eye that sees a way in a flooded Jordan. Faith is the eye that sees what God has promised before it comes to pass. You must live by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. If you live by the bank balance in your account, you are dead. Because most of the time, the balance is almost like the number of tokens you put in your house. Most of the time, I know it, I'm your pastor. You call me all the time for prayer and prophecy and counseling. And sometimes, your bank balance will change not by prayer, but you have to sell something. Ah. Hallelujah. You have to do something with your hands. You are not supposed to live by what you see. You are supposed to live by what you believe. And what you believe is what God said. Because it is God that says, tell them to put their feet in the Jordan. That is the time it will part. What are you afraid of doing? The opposite of faith is fear. And many people here sometimes are controlled by fear. I fear spoiling my name. I fear losing my reputation. I fear losing my capital. I fear. I am afraid. I fear. Let me tell you, you can switch the fear with faith. And the Jordan will part when your feet have become wet. Hallelujah. What is God telling you today? What are you going to do tomorrow to see whether God is going to part the Jordan? Yes, he will if you take a step of faith. Praise the Lord. You will never get a job by sitting in the house and waiting CVs that you sent in 2017 for someone to call you. You must drop CVs everywhere until if there was a CV detector drone on the sky, it can see there's a CV in every building of yours in the city of Nairobi. Litter the city with resume. Ah, you are not understanding. Hallelujah. Knock every door. 
Say, I'm selling this. I am selling this service. I am selling this product. This product will work for you. You are taking a step of faith. But having a pity party with yourself. Oh, people don't like my product. Oh, my grandmother died and she had cast me. And there is nobody to, 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 to turn around that cast. You're wasting your time. You need to take a step of faith and step on the Jordan and it will give way. I am telling you in the name of the Lord. And whatever you've been afraid of doing tomorrow, in fact today, go and start doing it. Hallelujah. If you want to marry that chick, today get her number from the WhatsApp group. Even if she's going to ask you, where did you get my number? It is the Jordan beginning to talk. Ah, hallelujah. Yes. Oh, Lord, I pray that she will see me. No, she will not see you. You have to say something. You have to say something. God loved you. And he told you. Suppose he loved you and he never told you. I'm not saying you go and tell the ladies I love you. You will be short. You must be tactical while at it. Remember you have to carry out intelligence. You have to collect intelligence. Don't buy for her, uh, uh, you know, a Techno 7S and she likes an iPhone 14. You will lose the city. Collect intelligence. You are coming with burgers and she likes pizza. You like Solomon Mukuba, but she likes Phil Thompson. Behave like you've been listening to Phil Thompson all your life. Even if you are, even if the even if the Kizungu is mixing with your Kiluya, just try. The Jordan will part. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Start the conversation. There are men who come and say, I wish she will see me. She will not see you. You have to see her and then you have to tell her. <laughs> That's a step of faith. <laughs> ah, I have two minutes to finish. I want to give you the last key to take your promised land. And then we are going to pray in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Joshua chapter 5, verse 2 to verse 5. That is where the fifth key is coming from. Joshua chapter 5. I love this. And it, uh, from verse 2. Bible says, At that time the Lord said unto Joshua, Make thee sharp knives. Tell your neighbor sharp knives. And circumcise again. The children of Israel... The second time, and Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. <laughs> uh, there are no children in this room, so I'm about to talk. Praise the Lord. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise all the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness by the way, after they came out of Egypt. Now all the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness by the way, as they came forth out of Egypt, them they had not circumcised. Verse 6, for the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness, 
till all the people that were men of war, which came out of Egypt, were consumed. In other words, all the circumcised were consumed and died because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord. The third key, sorry, the fifth key of entering into your land of promise is acceptance of congregational circumcision. Hallelujah. God told Joshua, sharpen the knife. Let me tell you, when the knife is blunt, that circumcision will not be circumcision. It will be torture. Hallelujah. It will be injury. And he says, sharpen the knives and circumcise those that have been in the wilderness. For 40 years, you have been walking in the flesh. It is time to use the sharp knife of the sword of the spirit to cut off the excessive flesh. So that you can be able to enter the promised land. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that he circumcised them in a hill of the foreskins. He cut the foreskin until they formed a hill. Hallelujah. That is the amount of flesh that the sword of the spirit needs to cut out of your life. So that you can be able to enter the promised land. Praise the name of the Lord. Now let me tell you this. That when Joshua was carrying out circumcision, it was a private affair. But it was not a secret affair. Everyone in the camp knew that the males are injured and they are healing in the tents. Because Pastor Joshua had carried out circumcision. Hallelujah. You must accept for your pastors to carry out congregational circumcision. Now you are keeping quiet. Hallelujah. The sharp knife is the sword of the spirit. Double-edged. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It is able to penetrate and to divide asunder the soul and the spirit. Hallelujah. You must allow the word of God to cut out unwanted flesh. Praise the name of the Lord. What I am doing here right now, I am carrying out congregational circumcision. After this service, there will be a heap of foreskins. The flesh will be removed. The anger will be removed. The resentment will be removed. The hatred will be removed. The jealousy will be removed. You are going to be a circumcised believer. The Bible says in the book of Colossians, do we have it? Chapter 2 verse 11. Put it for me. So that we see that the most important circumcision is not that that the lawyers carry out in the village, but it is the circumcision by the sword of the spirit. Do we have it? Do I have it? Okay. I'll look for it. Colossians chapter 2 verse 11. And then I'm going to pray in Jesus' name. Do we have it? Okay. I know where it is. Ah, we are doing well. Yes. Praise the Lord. Colossians 2.11. In fact, let's start from verse 10. He says, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision 
made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein ye also are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses. Hallelujah. The word of God is the spiritual circumciser. God gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision. And that circumcision was to happen in the male organ of Abraham for two reasons. When he is going to relieve himself, it's a private moment. Every time he's in a private space, he's reminded that God is with him and he has a covenant with him. Number two, every time he's with Sarah, with his wife, in an intimate space, he's reminded that God has a covenant with him. The purpose of circumcision was to remind him in his private affairs that everybody else could be absent, but God has a covenant with you. Praise the name of the Lord. And the purpose of circumcision, if you talk to medics, they are going to tell you that circumcision, it increases sensitivity during intimacy. I told you they are, I'm going to talk. Hallelujah. Some of us, the reason we are not intimate with God is because we are full of the flesh. When the flesh is cut out, your nerve endings are exposed and sensitivity to the things of heaven increases. So when you are praying and you are worshipping, you become, you feel you are more connected to God than when you are full of the flesh. And I pray today that you are going to be under, you are going to receive spiritual circumcision. Every flesh in your life must be cut out so that when you are relating with God, you can have a pure moment of intimate worship. Which areas need to be cut off by the sword of the Spirit in your life? If you check sometimes, the reason your prayer life is not working, it is too much flesh. Joshua has to come with a, with a sharp knife to cut it off. And when the flesh is cut off, you become sensitive to the things of the Spirit. You can hear the Holy Spirit. When you go into a time of prayer and worship, you are going to have an intimate moment with the Lord because you have cast out the flesh and you have put out the flesh as cut out by the word of God and you have gotten into a place of intimacy with the Lord. For us to be able to enter the promised land, we must be spiritual people and not carnal people. Praise the name of the Lord. I want us to rise up on our feet. Thank you for sticking into the end. We hope you are blessed by this message. Follow us for more of these messages when new episodes drop and make sure to rate us so that more people can find out about us. Bye-bye.